What's going on, Intuitive Sheepdogs? Welcome to another podcast episode with your host, me, Autumn Schmidt. I'm really excited to have you here. I'm excited for what today's podcast brings. So we have a friend of mine who's a former client of mine who's a fucking amazing badass. Um, her husband is in the military. She is an entrepreneur. She is literally changing the game, changing the world. And I'm so excited to bring you to her because she's going to offer us a different perspective um, on life because she's a wife of a military guy. Her name is Samantha Parker. What's up, Sam? Hey, thanks so much for having me, Autumn. And I loved your little rhyming you had going on there for a second. Was I rhyming? I'm a rapper. Yeah. People she's don't know it. Life in a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing is, um, if you don't know this about me, I'm totally Nicki Minaj, just white. <laughs> I did not know that. Totally. Yeah, how oh, I am. And ask any of my friends, I rap her constantly. <laughs> so if you, if any, you and all my listeners, if you're team Cardi B, I don't know if we can be friends, you guys. Sorry. I'm totally team Nicki Minaj. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll have to set that aside for a minute. Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm so excited for everybody to get to know you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I love when people are like, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, well, which avenue? You know, I'm a mom. <laughs> I am definitely a military spouse. My husband and I have been together for 12 years. This year we'll been married for 10 years. Wow. He is in the army reserves. He's been deployed a few times. He's a staff sergeant. And what I've noticed is they get higher up in rank, the more they're gone too. So it's supposed mm-hmm. to be reserves, but it's like way more than that. Um, but I'm also a business owner. I have the Girl Squad and the Girl Squad podcast. I have an amazing community on Facebook and I'm a lot of fun to follow on Instagram, the Samantha Parker. <laughs> and yeah, I like to talk true. about glitter. There you go. That's me in a glitter bow for you. And I love it. And, and she is really fun to follow on Instagram, everybody. So make sure you go do that if you like entertaining stuff. Sam is very entertaining. Sam, tell us a little bit. I'd like to just hear, you know, I'm, I'm a police wife. I know nothing about like, tell me about deployed life. You have a, wasn't your child, wasn't your son born when Jake was uh, deployed? Yeah, he was. So let's see. I met my husband right after he just got back from Iraq and he joined the military like right out of high school. <laughs> it's a really mm-hmm. funny story. And I'm like, I could tell it on here, but I don't know if his parents would like it, but they were at, like really kind of pushing him to go on an LDS mission. And he was like, no. So he went and like signed up for the military and was like, I'm going to basic next week. And they were like, what? what? Yeah. So, you know, of course, like at the army at that time too, um, I graduated in 2003, so they were sending you know, them just straight over to Iraq. So he did a tour in Iraq, met him right after that. Um, we had been married for not very long at all, found out I was pregnant, and then found out that he was being deployed like right at the same time. So he oh. went to Afghanistan, and he did 400 days there. And so obviously, like I grew the baby. I delivered the baby. <laughs> he came home when Caden was about eight months old. Wow. Now, was he able to like FaceTime or see? Yeah. So then, you know, let's see, that's been about eight years. So I remember like Wi-Fi wasn't as baller as it is now. It's hard to even picture this, right? And there was Skype. So that's what we had was Skype. Mm -hmm. And sometimes their connection in the Middle East was so crappy that most of the time, like we couldn't actually see his picture Mm -hmm. and it would end up just freezing, but we would just talk back and forth and he would call on the phone a lot. Yeah. Wow, that must have been really hard. What do you what do you think? Okay, so I'd like I'd love for you to speak a little bit to the men listening, the husbands. Like what is it like to be the spouse? Like what is that like? Like what's what's that life like? 
So, you know, speaking of being the spouse, like particularly during employment is like you say, that's got to be hard. And I'm like, it wasn't hard. It was like crawling through like barbed wire mud every single day. Mm -hmm. It was the most stressful thing I'd ever experienced in my entire life. Mentally, I was not ready for it. I didn't have a spiritual connection. I didn't have the community in place. You know, when my husband, he was up for deployment again, like two years ago, and they ended up taking them off ramp is what it's called. So they pulled their unit off to go. So we didn't end up going, but that was the first thing I started doing was like, okay, I'm going to see if my sister wants to come move in with me. You know, she's a lot younger than me, just finished college. And I'm like, I'm going to get a yard guy. And I started like setting up that community in place. Mm because that's how difficult it is. And I think what was the most difficult for me, and I'll just be extremely vulnerable here, was everybody was like, how's Jake? How's your husband? How's he doing? Mm. And I'm like, you guys, like, what about me? Like, I felt like I was invisible and I felt like I was standing in a room screaming for help and nobody could see me because they wanted to support Jake, you know? And I love my husband. He's amazing. But, you know, it was like, I'm right here in front of you. Like, reach out to me. You know, come by, see how I'm doing. Come by, help me with dinner. Like, come by and just see if I need help with, like, my two kids, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's so powerful. And so I think that's really important to highlight, you know, we, we, I can say, you know, as like first responders, military personnel, like a lot of times our lives are all about us and our families. It just seems to be all about us and what we're doing, what we have going on. Right. But I think it's so important. And I can say as a spouse too, um, to highlight like, Hey, let's check in on those spouses. And it's, it's a real deal, especially with kids. I mean, hell I've got dogs and I'm like, Adam, don't leave me. I can't even imagine kids. So my hat's off to you and all the other, you know, um, spouses with kids. Um, yeah. Really and then having like a newborn baby too, I was like, you guys are just going to leave me here all alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I felt. I'm like, like, I'm just going to be here all alone with this baby. But, you know, I also look back at that time and I realized like how incredibly strong I was. Mm. And, you know, while my husband had like his own set of trials, like I obviously couldn't help him with that. The best thing that I could do is just when he called, be like calm. You know, a lot of times women will throw a lot of like shade back at the guys, you know, maybe while they're on duty or while they're deployed. You're not here. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what's going on. And, you know, flip that and reverse it. Like, you know, he's being shot at. Like, my husband um, is in an IED. I always say it wrong. And he's like, that's birth control um, <laughs> units when he was in Afghanistan. So if you've seen the movie Hurt Locker where they go out and find the bombs, that's what he did. Wow. And, you know, some of those guys didn't come home with him you know, that went there with him. And so like, you have to realize like, you know, you're each having your own collective experience of like kind of hurt and trauma together, but very separate, like very separate. You know, he was like a day ahead of me separate. And so you have to realize that like, they're going through something extreme and you're also going through something extreme and kind of, you know, finding a way to still be connected through all of that. And how did you, like, what was the way that you like stay connected? You know, honestly, it was just knowing like, okay, like tomorrow's another day. Like I'll do this one more day. I'll do this one more day. I'll do this one more day. Cause I was struggling with my own issues of just having a baby like PT or not PTSD postpartum, um, <laughs> which could, I swear to God could also give you PTSD. Like oh, when yeah. I think about having more kids, I'm like, Oh no, no. <laughs> you know, it was just like remembering like why we were together. Like he used to send me like letters and he would talk about the first time he met me. And, you know, we were always like sending each other fun packages. And so we just did the best that we could do. Mm-hmm. One thing that I did struggle with, and I think a lot of like wives or spouses of police officers, wives or husbands, 
they might struggle with this too, is where they're gone for like, you know, so much time. It's like, we kind of take on this role of control, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like you take on the role of paying all the bills, making sure, you know, you've got dogs, your dogs are fed, making sure my kids are everywhere, making sure that dinner's done. And what I have a hard time with is like when my husband's gone for like even just a month or a weekend, it's reintegrating. So it's them coming back and he'll be like, what's for dinner? And I'm looking at him like, what do you mean? What's for dinner? You know? Or like being able to sit back down and look at your finances together versus where I was just taking care of everything because they're not able to do that, you know? Right. So it's, that's also something that you need to be aware of, or at least I know I've had to be super aware of is just knowing that like, there's always a reintegration process, even if it's a night, if it's a weekend, because when we're at home, we tend to just like, you know, we're like, we'll just pick all this shit up mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll just do it all. And then they want to still be a part of like that kind of life. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's done. Like, pfft. and then, you know, a lot of times I'd be like, you don't even know like what bills we have. Like, eh, you don't even care. And mm-hmm. so you just have to kind of drop all that. And really like, just, I think it's just observing the actions and being aware of what's happening. Huge. It's huge, Sam. And, you know, I just want to highlight too, it, you, you are very strong. Um, a lot of spouses are much more stronger than we, you know, we even give them credit for, but I would love to, I would like to talk about how you bridge that gap into, you know, building something. Like, did you tell me about like your business and like, did you do it because he was employed? Did you do it or employed, deployed? Did you do it because he was in the military? Did you do it just because you wanted to? Like, and how has that affected your marriage and stuff like that? Um, honestly, the business that I owned, I had to do that for myself because I was miserable in my life. You know, I hated every second of my life and I had to make a big change. And, you know, the universe was like, here you go. <laughs> can, can we just pause there for a minute? Because I think this is really important. And I want every sheepdog to hear this. Like you, you were miserable in your life. I mean, how many of us are fucking miserable, man? Like, I just look around and people are like zombies and they are so miserable. I have so many friends. Well, I wouldn't consider them friends. I'd consider them, um, what was that called? Um, acquaintances. Acquaintances. I want to call them coincidences. <laughs> no, like acquaintances and like they're miserable. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't, I can't start a business. I can't go get a new job. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And we're really not stuck. We're not. We're only stuck in our heads, and that's it. It's true. I mean, sometimes obviously you have a family of things that you just can't like say fuck it. Okay, I'm gonna go start a new life. But like you can, you can make changes. And so I just, I, I just think it's so amazing that you did what you did, um, and that you had, you know, the courage to do so. So keep telling your story. Yeah. So <laughs> I just knew I had to make a change. I had gotten to an extremely like low point in my life where I was extremely suicidal. Like I potted it out. And one day I was like, okay, I don't want to do that. So anytime, you know, I've since gone through different depression bouts. So I've learned how to kind of deal with it. So I know when I've hit that point where I'm like, oh, it'd just be easy to just, you know, walk out of this world. Um, I know that I need to make some significant large change in my life. And so I made it, you know, but it was kind of facing my demons and looking them in the face and being like, okay, what is truly not enjoyable in my life? Or have I just gotten to a point where I'm just like, oh, everything sucks, you know? Yeah. Sam, <laughs> so I, I had a question. I want you to pause. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just, um, can you go back a little bit? Okay. So obviously, you know, that I talk um, a lot about suicide and, you know, first responder suicide and stuff. Can you just go back a minute and like, can you tell me like, when you say face your demons, what legitimately, like, what did you actually do? 
Oh, I love that you brought this up because let me just talk about like my recent, um, I don't even know what to call it. I don't want to call it like an incident or an episode or anything like that because it's just part of my journey. And I think when we like demonize like, you know, bouts of hard times as being like, oh, that incident in December, Mm -hmm. I won't talk about. Mm -hmm. But in December, I really was done. I had decided I didn't want to live anymore. I decided I didn't want to do this anymore. I didn't want to be here. And I was like complete hot mess, super high anxiety, incredible depression. Like I would sit in the bathroom and cry and cry and cry. And one time, like I'm sitting in my little toilet closet, you know, and my husband's like, what are you doing in there? And I'm like, nothing, nothing. Cause I didn't know how to describe what I was going through. And so I had Googled like how to reach out and ask for help because people always say, just reach out for help. Right. People always say, just face your demons. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to reach out for help aside from walking into the ER. And I know that I don't want to do psych ward and meds and all that stuff, you know, for Mm -hmm. me personally. So I was like, how do you do this? And, you know, I found the most amazing list of ways to reach out for help. And I would love to share that. And then, but also like looking at the demons, right? So facing the things that were really, really hard in my life that weren't bringing me joy and going through the hard motions of changing them. So I had to identify like certain projects I was working on that were really like killing my soul in my business, right? Like they were Mm -hmm. killing me. I had to identify certain people in my life that didn't belong in my life. And I had to go through like the old stories, the old memories, like why was I feeling that way? Why was I triggered by these people? Why was I thinking I was worthless and didn't belong? I had to go back to childhood and just things that were said or done. I had to remember all of those things. And I had to go back and even tell that little girl she was amazing or the 19 year old who was in an abusive relationship and tell her how brave and amazing she was. I had to pinpoint where each of those demons were coming from. And that wasn't fun, especially, you know, look, I'm seriously, I'm sitting in this little room, like on the toilet, you know, like with the lid closed, but like, that's like, was my safe haven. Cause I could lock the door and I'm sitting in there and I'm like, dude, I feel like the lowest I've ever been, but like, here, let me like break the coals and like go through and find like what's even deeper and what's causing this. Like, it's not a fun process, Mm-mm. but it was the only way that I was going to pull myself out of that. Wow. And so can you share with us the, the list, the reach out Yeah. So the list was amazing. I found it online and I actually like two days later, I was speaking at the self-love club here where I live in Southern Utah. And I was like, how the hell am I going to talk about self-love? So I showed up and I shared vulnerably where I was at in my life. And I shared vulnerably like these resources for people. Mm. And I'm like, that's the best gift of self-love you could ever give yourself is just to be who you are exactly at that moment. But the list was great. It was like, um, you know, you don't want to call up your friend and be like, I want to kill myself because that's going to freak people out, you know? And I wasn't at that point where like I needed like police or something to come over and like help me. So I, it's stuff like, Hey, you know, reaching out to someone, they don't even have to be that close to you being like, Hey, I'm kind of having a hard time. And I would just love to meet new friends. Could we like meet for coffee on Tuesday? So, you know, giving yourself a date in the future, or if you do have those really good, like circle, like inner circle people be like, Hey, you know, I'm having such a hard time. Would you mind just texting me, you know, tomorrow night and just checking on me? And I was like, Oh my God, like that makes total sense, mm-hmm. you know, or being like, Hey, like, is there any way we could have dinner? Like, you know, it was just little things like that, reaching out to other people and not having to reach out and be like, 
you know, feel like you're just dumping all your shit on them or you're mm-hmm. word vomiting or you're like taking them down with you. It was just like, Hey, I'm kind of struggling. Is it cool if we could talk or Hey, do you have a minute? I just want to call you on the phone. Like I just need a friend right now. So you just could kind of gauge it by like the people, you know, but if you feel like you don't have an inner circle, you could reach out to someone, you know, might take a small act of bravery and be like, Hey, I just really need to make new friends right now. Could we go to coffee? Amazing. And side note, sheepdog nation. That's why we have the intuitive sheepdog club. So, um, you know, that you always have this circle, which we have a very tight niche family. We call it the family and the intuitive sheepdog club. Um, so that you can, you always have somebody to talk to, always have somebody to reach out to Sam. That's, it's really beautiful. And you said something that was just so important is like, I'm the most beautiful act of self-love was just admitting and being just so fucking honest about where you're at right now. And I have to say this, you know, as as sheepdogs, we tend to not, we tend to, we have to put on this face and we have to, you know, we have to be Superman and we have to be Batman, right? We have to be these people and it's okay to not be okay. And that's human and that's life. And the thing is, especially sheepdogs, like you've experienced obviously a tremendous amount of emotions, experiences, adversity in your life. It, it, you know, probably is compounded to put you to where, you know, you have those feelings. Um, And I can say this is sheepdogs, we do too, you know, you're, you're, you're one of us. And it's, you know, we, we go through, we're not people who live sheltered lives. We are people who are out there and we're facing the world and we're doing all of this shit. And like, we're going to have these experiences. We're going to have these feelings. You're going to have highs and then you're going to have lows. I can't tell you how many, if I told you the amount of police officers who've told me, Autumn, you know, I've taken the gun out of my mouth. I've done this. I've done that. And like, they've had extreme lows and, you know, everybody finds their reason why they don't, but just being so powerfully honest about it, I just think is so important. And I really appreciate you offering that to us, Sam. Um, yeah. Do you want to hear so, a story? Can I tell you a story? Tell, Even I'd love podcast, I think it's very relevant to a lot of people listening. Okay. Okay. So I had recorded a zoom. It was on like suicide awareness day right after Kate Spade had committed suicide and Anthony Bourdain. Do you remember that little yes. like back to back? Yeah. Um, I did a zoom and I just openly shared my story about how I had wanted to like hang myself one day. And I've had multiple family members commit a suicide too. So I recorded a, or not a zoom, like a Facebook live. Right. So I did mm-hmm. a Facebook live about it. It was kind of like, I cannot believe I just did that. Right. Mm-hmm. A couple months later, I had a friend reach out to me. He's, you know, a guy like works in insurance, like very manly man. He reached out to me and was like, can I meet you at Starbucks? And I'm like, sure. So we go to Starbucks and he told me that he was sitting there one night with the gun in his mouth. Right. He was ready to end his life. And he said he got a phone call from a friend, right? So he answered the phone call, put the phone down. He said he sat there, put the gun back in his mouth. And then he got another phone call, like immediately. And so he took the phone call, put it down and was like, okay, God's telling me something. He put the gun away. And he said the very next day he saw my Zoom, like, or I keep calling it a Zoom. He saw my Facebook live. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said he watched it over and over and over and he would play it every single day. And he said, I knew that if someone like you, I knew you, if someone like you could do it, I could do it too. And so sharing our stories, right? And especially for you guys listening, you sheepdogs, like share your story, be open about it because you're also saving the other lives around you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to share that. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you so much. And so, so tell us a little bit about your business. Like, so what are you doing now? I'm like, okay. It was like heavy topic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm all wipe wipe the heavy topic off. Okay. Okay. 
So right now I own a digital marketing company. We get to work with some amazing like brands and women and help them build. But what I've been doing is like shifting and kind of pivoting back into the things I love, which is community. It's letting people know they're not alone. That is like seriously my fire is like, I want you to know you're not alone. You're not like crazy because you feel this way. And you know what? You can find the magic and you can find the glitter every day. So I'm making this amazing pivot and I'm so excited and it will be just focusing on the girl squad and building the amazing, amazing girl squad community. And we're going to have glitter merch. Like I have so many boxes behind me. There's like shit going down over here. Mm-hmm. We're having like sleepovers for women where we just kind of bring like the fun back. We'll be doing some events that are a little more um, co, I was going to say cohabitated, mm-hmm. co-gender. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's really, yeah, I just want people to know like face-to-face contact, having fun, being with other people like you, it matters so much. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here because you know that matters. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I, I love what you're doing, obviously. Um, can we touch a little bit on, I want to talk about your husband for a minute. Um, we're not getting off the podcast without talking about some spirituality. So um, I know you're very spiritual. I want you to kind of tell Sheepdog Nation about that. But I also love that Jake, your husband, he does Reiki and he, yeah, like, he does. like, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, um, people don't know what that is either. So you're going to have to kind of tell them. Okay. So Reiki is a form of energy healing and it's just like kind of channeling energy. Um, he's a Reiki master and they kind of just like go over your body. They don't need to touch you though. So it's not like a massage, but a lot of massage therapists will use Reiki and you might just not even know it. Like when they're like going really deep on an area, you know, mm-hmm. and some will openly be like, I do Reiki while I do massage, but even if they don't, haven't been like taught the Reiki process, they're doing energy work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's really cool because it's just channeling like the energy. Everything is made of a vibration. Everything is made of a frequency. And then when we get down even smaller than atoms, everything is made up of light particles, you know? So it's just channeling that energy and putting it into people's bodies, helping them move out like negative emotions you know, the best example I can really give you is like, let's say, you know, you're out on the job, like something traumatic happened, you know, you had to witness something, maybe you had to do something like cause mass trauma and you just went back to work the next day. Well, that emotion is going to be stored somewhere in your body. So you need to like help it and release it. And Reiki people can help you do that. They can find where the energy is being stored. They can help you release it. You know, sometimes it might come to you as a bad back, right? Mm. Or bad knee or all of a sudden your shoulder hurts like a motherfucker mm-hmm. and you know it's not always your muscles it's most of the time it's your energy and it's just gone somewhere I had a family member pass away and my aunt goes we're not crying right now and I went Ugh! and sucked it in like dude I felt like it was a ball of pain that like went down through my back and it like sat in my side for months oh, so wow. you can clear that out you know, mm-hmm. and you can let that go. So that's why I love Reiki. It's just like, it's a little more happiness, a little more magic in the world. Well, and how did your husband get into it? He got into it because I was moving like towards spirituality. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe that. Sounds like I'm joining in a religion and it's not. <laughs> religion to me is you thinking you need to find the answers and spirituality is finding them in yourself. Mm, so love it. I had gotten into the online world and running a business. So I was hanging out on Periscope, which was like, it was the app before Facebook Live. Do you remember Periscope? Oh yeah, girl. I was a Periscope queen. Yeah. So I was watching all these angel readers that might've been where I found you. I have no idea. And, you know, I was following all these angel readers and all those people and just listening to them all the time. So then he was like, downloaded the Periscope app and started listening to all that stuff. And he found 
um, this woman who was teaching Reiki and he like got connected with her, ended up like taking all of her courses and like just kind of vibed with it. So I love technology in that aspect that it like opened you up to new possibilities. But it's been great because I've noticed as I've been like moving my vibration along, like he's always like, oh, that's amazing and wants to move it along too. I love that. And how powerful, you know, so for this big type A army guy, he's been deployed, seen some shit, been through a lot of shit. He's, you know, he's not afraid to be like, yeah, I'm going to dive into the spiritual stuff. And like, so do you think it's like really affected him? And like, has he talked about it with his other people? All the time. No, he talks about it all the time. He even has like a couple groups of men here that get together just to talk about spirituality. Um, It's someone that was formerly in the army with him, but is now a police officer. They started this little club called Wednesday Wisdom and they get together. They do manly things like drink beer. And sometimes he comes home too drunk, you know, like the Uber Mm -hmm. drops him off, Mm -hmm. but they have a topic every week and it's always based on spirituality. And so it gives them a safe space to, you know, embrace their like masculine, um, but also talk about the things like that. So it's really cool to see, you know, it's a police officer, army guy, like an insurance agent. It's like, just like this group of men and they're like men. (laughs) And that's the thing too. Right. And like, I love that because I just think that the common misconception is oh spirituality. That's for women. That's for babies. Yeah. That's for hippies. Feminine and fluffy. Yeah. 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 And it's like, no, I mean, some of the most, like some of the most successful manly men we know are very spiritual. Um, like we take a look at like Mark Devine, uh, former Navy SEAL. We look at even, even Jocko Willink. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's, he's really big in our industry and he is, he's a meathead. Love that guy. He's awesome. He's one of my favorite guys. And, um, he's a former Navy SEAL and he, he's quite spiritual. Like he goes within, he goes within and he does his own thing, you know? And, and it's just so nice that, you know, now we get to see, you know, and technology has been like sharing that with like, you know, it really, it changed, it's changing lives. And I think it's so important. Would you agree based on your experience, um, would you agree that spirituality and being connected is so huge to, you know, um, having a good mental health? Well, it is the connection. Mm. It's, you know, realizing that you're not trying to separate it. So, you know, there's so many components to us, but like the big ones are like mind, body, and soul. And so if we're trying to fix our mental health, but we're not, you know, we're still like downing toxic things to us and maybe it's over drinking, maybe it's overeating, you know, whatever it is, you're not going to feel good mentally. And then two, if you're not like tapping within to that soul portion and you don't even have to identify it as a soul, you can identify it as you know, your energy center, your heart space, whatever it is for you. Mm-hmm. If you're not tapping into that, but then expecting to feel good mentally, like mm-hmm. you've just fucking broken the cycle. Agreed. Absolutely. So powerful. I love this talk, Sam. Thank you. And thank you for being so vulnerable and just so fucking real. I love real, realness, love real <laughs> What else would you like to know? <laughs> I'm currently wearing stretchy pants for the 10th day in a row. I did put on a semi-real bra. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Hey, we appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't washed my hair in a couple of days. I have curly hair and I can do that. I know. I'm so jealous. I just washed my hair. The days I wash my hair, I'm like, what is wrong with it? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, thank you, Sam. So tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the Samantha Parker. You know, all the like major places I'm at the Samantha Parker. And you can also find me at Girl Squad Series. And same thing, what same websites. Yeah. And in the Girl Squad series, is that your podcast? It is the Girl Squad podcast. 
Yes. Series are events. And then we have the Girl Crush Alliance on Facebook because I'm obsessed with turning people into their own girl crushes. So I have a community for that because I want people to crush on themselves. You can be like a guy crush, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to love yourself and stop looking at what everyone else is doing. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for being on here. Sheepdog Nation, I'll see you next time.